אוקיי, מסילת ישרים, מי שנכנס אדם מערבים בשמחה, מי רבי זכרנו לברכה, used to say אין שמחה לתיירה, so we need to double our Torah in the month of Adar, and of course we're recording for the Rafur Shlema of my uh, son-in-law's dear grandfather, יעקב בן חורשיד, my grandmother, הערבין, בהתחנום הרע, השם שגיב רפואה שלם את כל ה-IDF סולג'רס, to all our dear um, hostages. Yeah. I mean, I had PTSD. I was there in the beginning of the war. I can't imagine. So every Jew, every precious holy Jew should have a refuah shalema. Refuah ta'nefesh ra'guf. We need Mashiach now so desperately. Now, the um, Ramchal here is talking about Hasidut. Not the European Hasidut. The real Hasidut. The Svaradi Tahor piousness. And he says, Amnam. He said, what's the whole aura? What's the whole energy? The whole intention of a chassid? He says there's a second. Which means, I want to let you know, um, it's surreal. I was looking my grandson in the eye and I said, well, this is the future. The future has arrived. You should all have that zakhut. But... Um, He says a true Hasid is not just fascinated and concerned and obsessed with his own growth. He wants to elevate the whole generation. Uh, we had the Lubavitcher Rebbe that was... Now, he wasn't just the European Hasid from the Baal Shem Tov, but he was the Hasid in all its meaning. Because... We can't, we Jews are one nation under God with one heart. We have one destiny. I mean, that's this week's parasha, by the way. But even though the Erev Rav created this whole disgusting and despicable act of the golden calf, we all had to pay the price. It's like the Talmud Yerushalmi says, you can't, it's like somebody's in first class, then there's somebody in third class. So the guy's an idiot, chanyak, fool. He starts drilling a hole under his own, um, you know, seat. So they tell him, Meshugina, you're going to sink the whole ship. So he says, you know, he says, um, well, I paid for my seat. I don't care. I'm third class. Doesn't matter. <laughs> they said, we're all in one boat. The same thing. The Talmud Yerushalmi says, we Jews have one destiny. So... He says, So he says, a chassid, what's a chassid? He goes above and beyond his duty to God, right? Baruch Hashem, we have a living personification, personification and manifestation of a human angel in our midst, Harav Eliyahu Netaneli. So the chassid, in every mitzvah he does, he specifically has an intention that Hashem should protect all the Jews in the world in the zechut of his mitzvah. You understand? And it isn't the greatest chassid, the king of all chassids, the king of all prophets, Moshe Rabbeinu, which is going to be the second part of our shir, the third part of our shir, he, he was so such a great, unordinarily big responsibility for his fellow Jew that he said, God, if you don't forgive them, also I'm out. Erase my name from the Torah. So... It says, this is a Pasuk in Yeshaya, actually. 
It says, in Rus Sadiq, Kitov he says, you know, the Sadiq is like, um, to give you a marshal in today's, he's like an iron dome. He's literally an iron dome for his whole generation. Like the Rashbi, you, you know, technically we should become depressed when we see a rainbow because really Hashem wants to destroy the world. But since he promised Noah, right, that he didn't, but he says the whole generation of the Rashbi, there was no... There was no um, thing to be seen. You know what I mean? No rainbow. Because, I mean, you know, by the way, um, I was taking a whole course on this, and I paid a lot of money for it, actually. It's starting to be scientifically proven how our auras, our energy, our magnetic fields. So if um, they, they can influence each other. That's why, like, sometimes you just see a guy, you just don't like him. You just feel like, his energy, his vibe is, you know? So if that's true in a biological and they could magnetic field for sure, in a spiritual neshama, right? So the sadiq is like this spiritual. So let's put it this way. The greater the sadiq, the greater his iron dome is. There's a, somebody like Rishman Bar Yochai, which is really the Arizal says is a nitzus of Moshe Rabbeinu and the Arizal, which is a nitzus of the Rashmi. So you have certain people that their souls are so great and magnificent and extraordinary that they're, they're like a spiritual iron dome for who? For the whole world. For all of Kali Yisrael. So he says, so it's like, the Ramchal says it in a very um, eloquent way. It's kind of like, there's such a wonderful tree that every Jew is eating from his fruit. Right? And it says, there's a Gemara in Baba Basra, page Tesvav, it says, Hayesh Basad Etz. You know, that's what Moshe Rabbeinu was concerned about. When he told the Maraglim that actually, you know, became traitors, right? Because he had sent the 10, the 12 princes to go and spy to bring back a good report. And then they become corrupted. And, you know, only Kalev and Yahushua were faithful to Moshe. But he, it's clear in the Gemara and Baba Basra, he says, is there any trees there? Which means Moshe Rabin was much more worried about the spiritual enemies than the physical ones. So he said, is there any Sadiq there? that Hashem won't let us conquer the land in his zechut. And there was actually a big tzaddik there, Eov, which had, had just died when the Maraglan got there. So, right? So uh, it says black and white in the Gemara Baba Basra, based on Bamidbar chapter 13, Pasuk 20, Im Yesh Magen, is there, a, is there a great tzaddik in Israel that is like a shield on the entire generation? Like it, Just like, you know, when you... I, I just, I, I remember this. When I first became a Balchuva, we used to live in Mulholland, where your sister lives. We used to walk an hour and a half back. It was, used to take us out. It used to take us an hour and 15 minutes. My cousin used to come with us. It used to take us an hour and 15. I appreciate this, Chazal, because this was the valley. And in this... No, the, the issue over there is in the valley, San Fernando Valley, it can become easily 100 degrees. So you're, so by golly, when you come under a nice, beautiful tree in the shade, you really are saying hallelujah. So that's what Moshe was saying. Is there any tzaddik that is like a shield to the whole generation in Israel? So we need to pray to overcome him spiritually, right? He says, you should know in the end of the day, this is the will of God. 
that the leaders of the generation, the pious ones that are head and shoulders above, I mean, it's sad to say, some people, the only thing they really care about is their Apple stock and this portfolio. And <laughs> if they're really rich, there is a, this, this hedge, hedge fund and that hedge fund. Or they're, uh, you know. But he says that uh, Hashem wants that the Sadiq of the generation, the Hasid of the generation, their actions should, should be uh, so outstanding that they should atone. Kind of balances out. Like talking to our accountant here, it's kind of like a balance sheet. A lot of Klal Yisrael are so in the red that you need our great Hasidim to bring it back into the net income, positive operating expenses, you know, positive net, net income. And that's why really the uh, whole idea of Sukkot is this, that we take the, the Sadiq, which is obviously Shirazi because they like the Sadiq is the emblem of the Sadiq is Etrog, which is sour, right? That's why the Shirazi is like sour. <laughs> so then, right? Because it says, you know, the, the four um, species that we shake on Sukkot is um, personifying is like a symbol of each type of Jew. You have some Jews that are like uh, the date because the Lulav is from the date tree. So they have good deeds, but they don't know Torah. Then you have the Sadiq that is like the Etrog that both tastes good and smells good, right? So he's like, he both has good deeds and he has knowledge. Then you have somebody that just smells good like the Hadas, but he doesn't have any knowledge. Then you have the Arava, which is Arab. He doesn't know anything. He doesn't have any Torah and no mitzvahs. So, but we're all one. We all, you know, we all have to shake it together. So, and he says, in the end of the day, you should know Hashem is our father. God does not want even the worst Jew to go to hell. And he doesn't want, which means, I mean, you have to think about it in these terms that, I mean, between me and you, which father wants to see his kid die or get punished, right? So he says, So he says, it's always um, preferable that when the Hasid does his great, right? What, what is the Hasid in essence doing? He's doing, going above and beyond his, his duty, halachic duty, right? So his intention should be that this should be a shield for the people that are really in the negative, right? They're not with the program. And when he davens, right? When the Sadiq By the way, Rabbi Matov told me with Rabbi Netanelli, you, you should know, technically, for lack of a better um, thing, if you've ever seen the Kabbalah Center Sidurim, Maranash Rashash, the greatest Sephardic Kabbalist after the Arizal is the Rashash of Shalom Sharabi. And his whole Kabbalah is not really based on philosophical Kabbalah. It's based on like how God created the world by combining all these different names. So Rabbi, um, Rabbi Mato, which is my dear Chavrusa now for the whole day, both first Seder and second Seder, told me that um, Rabbi Netanelli does, the reason why Yeshua Esrei almost takes an hour is not because he's having the Kabbalah Rashash. 
Rather, he's davening for hundreds of people. Not dozens of people, hundreds of people. He writes them down and this guy has can you know, sickness. This guy, so this is really, which means, again, sometimes I think you should know the Ramchal also, the reason he wrote the Mesilat Yesharim, he didn't want to make Hasiduk, make look, make believe like some black magic type of, you know, thing. He wanted to be, one of the great Gedolim said, he said the Ramchal is kind of like the Rambam of Kabbalah, which means he wants to make Kabbalah into a very rational, rational and understandable, and not to say that anybody that's a Kabbalist does wacko and weirdo things. So he's explained to you, like, Hasidut. No, because they just do segulot, and they, they go uh, thing in the... Yeah, rolling in the snow and that's that's the, the ancient Hasidim used to roll in the snow to say that like if we in our youth did Zera Labatala, it should be Mechaper. It's called Sigofim. No, they believe that they're going above and beyond their duty to oh, can create like create self pain. Oh. So the Ramchal is not good. Right? So I'm saying, what I, what I want, what I want to make very clear here is, because we're actually finishing finally after like almost four months, this chapter of Hasidut, that the Ramchal is presenting Hasidut in a totally different light. And by the way, the yeshiva world and the Grammy Vilna, and we have really accepted the, the Ramchal as the master of Musar and Jewish ethics. So he's saying that really a true Hasid his heart is so big, like Rabbi Netanelli, so it's always very good to have a living example, right? Especially when you're in Musar, because it's very, like, kind of complex, and, and you know, sometimes a lot of uh, uh, chasidut, we're getting, like, I, I told my cousin, we're here in the Masilat Yeshalim, we're already getting to the clouds, because this ladder of the Ramchal, right, is taking us to very high echelons of spirituality. He, he says that, um, the, uh, the true Hasid is always praying for his generation, that Hashem should be patient with them. And that, um, I was just listening to one of the greatest Sephardic rabbis, which is the most refreshing, in my opinion, in our generation to listen to. He's a student and friend of Rabbi Vadia, Rabbi Mutsafi. I have a friend that is literally addicted to his Torah. He says, whatever it doesn't say in other, any other book, you'll find in his lectures. So he's just a fascinating, um, and literally, I was just listening. Uh, he has a talk show on Israeli radio. So there was a guy saying that maybe the whole war in Gaza happened because people didn't make a sukkah now, every, because, you know, hundreds of thousands of people um, got displaced from their house, houses in the south and north. Right. Rabbi Mutsafi shut him off. He says, don't. We don't want to talk negatively, which means just like in this week's parsha, Moshe Rabbeinu is a defense attorney for, and always beseeching the Almighty. I mean, he takes it to the, to the, to the another level. He says, if you don't forgive them, bye bye. Uh, my name, take my name out of the Torah, which is really, it makes it's one for me. It's one of the most emotional parts of the Torah when you really think about the greatness of character, so integrity. This yeah, this is parsha. The golden calf, Moshe says, either you, 
So this is what Hasidut is, the Ramchal explained, which is uh, kind of divine providence. And uh, if you just let me, because we've been kind of four months in this chapter, I want to finish it. So he says that uh, the Sadiq, like the great Rebbe from Bardichever, Rabbi Levi Yitzhak, was always uh, 24-7 trying to bring the virtues of Klal Yisrael and defend them and focus on that. I mean, any Joe Schmo and foolish person could always say negative, you know? But we always have to um, be Melitz Yosher, be the defense attorney of the Jewish nation and Israel, because that's what Hashem loves. Which, <laughs> which father wants to hear the negativity of his kid? Hashem is our father in heaven. He always wants us to feel good. And he says that... Um, it says that uh, you said Gabriel, the angel, had once said something derogatory about the angel. God kicked him out of the angel thing. Only when he came back and said something positive about Christ, Hashem let him back into the angel club. He was kicked out of the whole, uh, you know, me, me, the, uh, exactly. Not club med, but club angel. He was kicked out of the, um, there's seven heavens. There's a certain, if you learn the Shari Kedusha from Marhu, there's a certain, in the Olamos, there's a certain place. He was kicked out. This is a Mefurish Gemara in Yuma. And it says, because he, he had an opportunity to talk positively about the Jewish nation and he didn't. Ultimately, you know what? I'm sorry. The Torah, the Jewish nation, and God is one package, as it says in the Zohar, Yisrael ve'oraita ve'kutsha berichu chadhu. So if you hate Jews, guess what? God doesn't like you. You lose. Right, exactly. I'm saying, even if you're a tzaddik, you, you have to have a certain patience and tolerance for Klal Yisrael. Of course, all the Nevi'im came to reprimand Klal Yisrael and elevate them, but it can't come from animosity and heart. You have to come from understanding and understand that a lot of people don't use their brains too much. It's not because, I always say this, you know, a lot of these uh, Jews that sin, it's not because they're evil. It's because they're uh, childish. They don't understand the value of it. You understand? Which means just like if you put in front of a kid a diamond, a $100,000 diamond, a three-year-old kid, or a, a box of chocolate, you know, candy, what is he going to go after? He doesn't know better. So we always have to paint Klali Yisrael in a positive picture. Not to be delusional, but, you know, there's a certain positivity, but, you know, all the greatest of all Naveen, Yeshaya and uh, another Navi, they got very, very, very bad punishments. And he says, and I want to read this because the Ramchal is writing such an eloquent Lashon. He says, V'chol Yisrael. The more you love Jews, God loves you more because God is your shadow. And he says, those leaders of the generation are the true um, shepherds of the generation. Like Moshe Rabbeinu in the Lashon of Zohar, the Rashbi calls him Raya Mehemna, the faithful shepherd. So he says, you could know as much Torah as Rav Chaim Kanievsky and Rav Ovadia Zatzal, Zichronim Levracha combined. But if you don't love Jews, you don't, and I say the true hallmark, if you read the biographies and you, you've seen the stories 
of our great Gidol and their heart is greater than their Torah knowledge. How much they care about the average Jew, the average Yankel. You know? And in the hallmark of this is this expiration that Moshe Rabbeinu goes so far and he says, I don't care. If you don't want to forgive them, also, you know, erase me. The, the, the leaders of the nation, they, they do everything to open the gates of blessing for all Jews, right? And, and what is this? What is this? Like the mashal I said, love. Any, no father likes nobody talking. Any father doesn't like people just coming and randomly, um, berating and bashing and speaking uh, negatively um, about his children. But this is nature. And this is really the Kohen Gadol also. That what the, the Kohen Gadol right, you know that the Kohen Gadol gets punished in a way. Because um, all the people that inadvertently kill somebody, they have to go to the cities of refuge, right? The cities of the Levim. And then only when the Kohen Gadol dies do they get freed from their kind of like open-air prison. And they're always davening that the Kohen Gadol should die because they want to get out of the, their open-air prison. So, what? Like, that's a... It says that the Kohen Gadol was a big enough sadik. Would have never happened. Would have never happened. So it's... And it's actually, you should know, there there was a lion that devoured a Jew within three miles of the house of Rabbi Shul ben Levi. Rabbi Shul Levi was a grace of Sadiq, one of the most famous Amaraim that Eliyahu Hanavi used to always come to him. So it says, Eliyahu didn't come to him for three days. So <laughs> Rabbi Shul ben Levi says, hey, you come to me every day, but Baba Al-Kadi. He said, no. He said, you should have what? So after three days he came. So he said, why didn't you come? He said, there was a punishment to you because you didn't daven good enough for the, you know, that Hashem should, you, you weren't a good enough iron dome. You should have daven more with Kavana and then, you know, one of your neighbors was eaten by a lion. Look at the power of a tzaddik. That's why they say the tzaddik is Yisod Olam. The tzaddik is like kind of the foundation of the world. So he says, since you didn't care enough about your neighborhood and you didn't daven, and somebody within three miles of you got devoured by a lion, that's why as a punishment, Hashem didn't let me come to you for three days. So he says, so you see that, I'm saying he's bringing a good clear cut raya to himself, the Ramchal, that it's an incumbent upon every Hasid to daven for everybody in his nation. And he says, in the end of the day, he spent, you know, this chapter is like, took us three, four months. He says, I told you a lot of details about Hasidut. Have a straight heart, have a pure heart, and do everything in its appropriate time. And God will love you, and you'll be on the right way.